Well, once again, happy Father's Day. Um, and today's sermon is not a typical Father's Day sermon, uh, nor is it a, a uh, my normal ex, uh, expository sermon, rather one of instruction and on how to share the gospel. And uh, I had been promising this for a few weeks, and, and we're finally at that point where uh, we're, go- we're going to have that opportunity. So before we get started even uh, in the in the sermon of sorts is uh, if you came in in your bulletin you probably received one of these little um, booklets called the four spiritual laws. I'm going to be going through those. Uh, the slides that I have are too small for you to see so I would I would uh, encourage you to get one of these booklets. Pastor Jim has uh, several of these so raise your hand if you need ones because we're going to be going through it and uh, Again, yeah, they are in the bulletins if you have one uh, in there. If you don't have a bulletin, then you may not have one. And while he's passing that out, uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 uh, through 17, kind of laying some groundwork for the opportunity we have this morning to... Uh, once again, I know for many of you, you know how to share the gospel. It's just a reminder for a lot of you. Uh, but for some of you, maybe you know what the gospel is, but you just haven't gone about sharing the gospel. And by the way, this is one toll of many, and uh, this isn't the way to share the gospel. It's a way to share the gospel, and so uh, we'll be, I'll be getting into that later. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 17. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believed and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. My father had a beautiful heart, but he had very ugly feet. It didn't seem to bother him in the least. Uh, I remember him cutting his toenails with uh, tin snips and... um, those ordinary clippers would do nothing for his feet. And so I think it used to be called fungus toe or something like that. And uh, in addition to this disease that he had on his feet, a steel bar fell across both of his feet, crushing his toes in a steel mill when I was in fifth grade. Now, uh, that healed, but it's you could tell that something was wrong with his toes. So uh, I say it didn't bother him because as ugly as they were, he never hid them. 
he would be at the pool, he would be at picnics running around barefoot for all to see his feet. Well, years later, I developed the same fungus toe. However, I sought treatment and was healed of this ailment. Now, I'm not going to be a foot model anytime soon, um, but at least my toes do not look like they're claws, like I could climb a tree, um, you know, very easily or something like that. But perhaps some of you also have feet that you're not real proud of. And uh, I want to share a secret this morning where you can have absolutely beautiful feet. And it's not a result of medication. It's not by covering them with designer shoes or getting uh, toenail implants. It's, it's by carrying the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. As we heard in this portion of Scripture, there is good news. And there is good news for everyone. Everyone can be saved. But one must not only proclaim with his mouth, but also believe in his heart. And so, uh, and everyone, no matter if he's Jew or Greek, uh, who calls on the name of the Lord, as the scripture says, will be saved. Now, I remember years ago, and I'm sure I shared this in previous sermons, that there was a group of hippies uh, in the 60s, and they were part of a group of Jesus freaks, and they were called the Say Jesus Movement. And they would ride around in uh, VW minibuses with a megaphone and this uh, speakers on the top of the of their minivans and their uh, I guess not minivans, but those minibuses that they used to ride around them. And they would holler to people on street corners, say Jesus, say Jesus. And somebody like taken off guard to say, well, I don't know, Jesus. And they'd say, oh, you're saved because you said Jesus, you know. Well, you know, they were basically taking out of context if you, anyone who says the name of the Lord or calls to the name of the Lord will be saved. So the sad reality is that there was no understanding, there was no repentance, there was no scripture, and there was no act of the will of the heart in any of those circumstances. And our text today already showed us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Not a trick. It's not something you just get someone to do. Uh, obviously, you trick somebody into saying a prayer. They're not going to obviously give their uh, life to Christ. But faith, genuine faith, is going to come, and it's going to come by individuals hearing the word of Christ, being drawn by him. And so uh, by doing this, uh, uh, by the way, as we communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's going to give us beautiful feet. And I take that from the portion of Scripture that we read today in Romans chapter 10, verse 15. The latter part says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If you want to have beautiful feet, you need to carry this beautiful message. No matter what your feet will look like, they will be beautiful to the Lord. And so now we know that on this Father's Day, dad's... Uh, I'm going to encourage you more than anyone to carry this message, this gospel out, because dads are to take the lead in in being the spiritual leaders in the home. Uh, We know that fathers have a wonderful influence on their children, uh, and sorry to say this, moms, but even more than you do. Uh, And there's a lot of studies that bear that out. In fact, a recent Swiss study, and I say a Swiss study because a lot of the European nations, when something happens over there, it seems like a few years later it's happening here. 
bad or good, and much of it is not so good these days. But a recent Swiss, Swiss study discovered this, um, and again, they're a little ahead of us. In short, out of, out of their research, they found that a father who does not go to church, no matter what the, how faithful his wife's devotion is, um, only one in 50 will become regular worshipers. Now, if the father does go regularly, interestingly enough, no matter what the mother does, if she doesn't go or nothing at all, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers. It's the influence of a dad. And so I, I also believe, and this is just going to church, and I, going to church doesn't necessarily make you a Christian, <laughs> obviously, but I believe that dads need to take the lead in sharing the gospel. And so how many of you can think of a time when your father led someone to Christ? And maybe you can, maybe you can remember that, and that's a beautiful thing. But if you can remember that, that's rare today. It's rare today, and that is sad. But dads, it's not too late. It's not too late. No matter how old you are, if you have adult children, if you're, it's wonderful for them to see you leading people to Christ by sharing this wonderful message. Last week I left off, um, in my sermon when we were talking about sharing several conditions that have to take place in order for us uh, to share the gospel effectively. And just recapping real quickly, just going down through this list, we need to deny ourselves. We need to be humble, right, as we go and share the gospel. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And so, in sharing the gospel, you're going to be embarrassed, you're going to be put out, you're not going to be the most popular person at, at work, but you need to be able to, to deny yourself, you know, that, that position and say, that's fine. Whatever they think of me, I'm going to share the gospel. Secondly, understand that Jesus' mission is our mission. He came to seek and save the lost, and his mission becomes our, our mission also. Uh, I, we were reminded from the portion of Scripture that, that, that tells us that if someone's going to come to Christ, it's going to come by the Father drawing that individual to themselves. And so what does that cause us to do? That causes us to beckon the, the Lord to open up hearts. And so prayer becomes vital in evangelism. Prayer becomes uh, essential as a part of us sharing Christ, that he would open up the individual's heart, that he would even lead us to the right individuals that day who he wants us to communicate the gospel with. And by the way, just don't be out there just saying, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to bully my way through because that's not being spirit sensitive either. And so we are led by the spirit. You walk in the spirit. You confess your sin. You, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh each day. And then you go led by the Spirit. And if the Spirit leaves, leads you to an individual, don't walk away from that opportunity either. Because I'm sure that we all have stories of regret. Oh, I should have said more. I should have said something. Well, he asked a prime question. How do I get saved? Well, I'll talk to you later. You know, um, I'll get back with you on that. Fifth, use God's word. Uh, we don't convince people into the kingdom. We don't, it's not through our fancy words. or uh, It's us sharing the word of God. And even as we go through a little booklet like this, there's scripture all through it, we're using the word of God to draw people uh, to uh, the Lord. And he's using his own word to draw people to himself. That's the better way of putting it. And so I left off there. And so today I want to talk about we need to know what to say. 
what to say. And the first thing we need to know is how to transition. Because some people never get past the transition. We talk about what? Everything. Everything and anything. Uh, you know, sports and weather and all this other stuff, but we never transition. I love the Apostle Paul. He has many transitions. One I like in particular is the one when he spoke to the men in Athens in Acts chapter 17. And he he says to them, you know, I was walking into your city, and I noticed in the, in the, in the Greek, they were just so proud of these various altars that they had erected. And they were so pious, and they were so philosophical, and they would, they even had an altar that said, to the unknown God. To the unknown God, he said, I came in and I saw this altar you have. It's really intriguing to me. It says to the unknown God. And as a transition, he says, how would you like to know that God? You don't have to have that inscription on there any longer. And basically, that's what he's conveying to them, and he reveals to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, years ago, um, some of you remember Rebecca Pippert. Remember Rebecca Manley Pippert? She wrote Out of the Salt Shaker into the World, a very well-known book, a bestseller. Well, much of what she has to say transitions because she just wants to get us to transition into sharing the gospel and, and one example she uses, she walks into a friend's house and she has all this artwork on the wall and it's abstract. And she said, it's really interesting. I, you know, I love your artwork and it's really awesome. She said, you know, the, you wonder what it is in mankind that would cause him to want, of, to, want to create. What do you think that is? And her friend said, I don't know. You think the creator? She said, you have a point there. Let me tell you about the Creator. You know, it was just just a smooth transition, and you don't have to be that fancy with it. I think it's just it just comes by way uh, of being natural and being genuine with people. And uh, but we do have to come to that point, no matter how awkward, to transition. Whether it's news, weather, sports, you know, you get all that stuff out of the way. We talk about kids, we talk about work, and we talk about the government. How you know this is a mess and politics and but there comes a time when we have to transition. And, uh, you, and that can come by way of saying, there's just, there's just something on my heart that I want to share with you. Or I've been thinking about this. Um, I've been wanting to ask you something, but I was kind of afraid that it would hurt our relationship. And, um, but I, I do want to share with you. There are several, I mean, there's some suggested uh, ways, and, and even uh, Campus Crusade put some ways out, and I shared some of those here. Um, but again, they have to be genuine. They have to be something that you're thinking. And these are just some suggested ones. Would you like to know God personally? Have you heard of the four spiritual laws? Or whatever, uh, you know, uh, track that you're using? Or uh, I would like to share this with you. I enjoy talking to people about the life and claims of Jesus Christ. Would you be interested? I enjoy talking with people about how to have a personal relationship with God. Are you interested in that? You know, there are spiritual laws, much like there are physical laws. Would you be interested in learning about these? May I ask you where you're at in your spiritual journey? I mean, just just questions. Questions are important. And by the way, and I want to make this clear, it's not for the purpose of manipulating the person. If that's your if that's your purpose, then get rid of it because it's not a good purpose. It is it is to genuinely understand where that person is at, 
and also to ask permission to be able to share. I, I, I want to know if I, can, if I can continue. Well, too often, too many Christians are either dead silent or they're just plain rude. And so be praying about what God would have you share as a way of transition, um, especially if you know you're going to get into this encounter. We don't always know. Sometimes those opportunities come up, and that's, that's a wonderful opportunity to, to enter in, to, to share in Christ with somebody. But many times we know it's a person, it's the same person at work. They're always bringing up the same subjects and you know, hey, I want to move beyond that. And uh, no matter what you share, it's going to come down to four points of the gospel. And it's just three or four points of the gospel. And again, there's a hundred different tracks out there that you can use. This is one that I use, uh, the Campus Crusade for Christ developed uh, through their president and founder, um, Bill Bright, who's actually deceased now, no longer the president, but um, he, but he developed this. And he developed this on a napkin in a restaurant <laughs> when he was sharing with somebody. And you can even use that. But if once you understand the gospel, you don't really need to use the track. But I, I still use the track today just because it keeps me <laughs> on task. And, it get, and, and then when I'm done, I leave it with them so that they can review it. Um, and so that's what I'm going to be sharing with Today, But there's four points, and I'll just give you those points up front. First of all, that that person would understand that God desires a relationship with them. You know, we were created for a relationship, and and he's given us meaning and purpose. Uh, uh, We're not just some byproduct of primordial soup by accident we develop. No. God created us, and there's a purpose that he created us. Secondly, man is sinful. We're separated from God because of our sin. So there's a problem already. God created us for relationship because of our sin. We're not having that relationship. We can't reach out and touch God. We can't be part uh, of a relationship with him. And there's a there's a, a, a problem there. Well, Jesus resolves that problem in point number three uh, by taking our place, paying for the, uh, the penalty of our sin. And now that is removed as a barrier now between us and God and, and all of mankind. And that's wonderful. And that's a gift that God is offering us. And just to understand those first three points isn't enough, we have to take the fourth point there. And that is, now, in order to accept that gift, you, you need to, to receive it. You need to accept it by faith that Jesus died uh, for your sins and, and place your faith in Jesus. And that's it, by the way. And I could talk for hours about different um, ways to, for a person to come to Christ, but that really is the gospel. Now, we've added things to that. I mean, I say we. Christendom has added, you know, um, good works and special prayers, and you jump through this hoop and that hoop, and you perform a certain way, and you have to go through these sacraments, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. That's not the gospel, though. (laughs) The gospel really is what I just shared in a nutshell, and it's just those four points. And uh, we want to have beautiful feet, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, to this. And again, if you have that little booklet, if you open it up, you'll get to that first first thing. And I'm just going to share basically how I would share with an individual. And uh, you're, you're going to be the non-Christian uh, sitting there uh, receiving this, and then perhaps you will share it with somebody. And I just basically say, okay, well, thank you for, for uh, allowing me to go through this real quickly. It's just a four-point outline of uh, how you can have a personal relationship with 
uh, with God. And so just as there are physical laws that govern the physical universe and, you know, like there's gravity and there's sound waves, we can't see any of these. There's oxygen and there's all this stuff out there that works. You know, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. The things at rest, they like all these physical laws are, are there. We can't see them. We don't understand them. There's a whole bunch of physical laws. But it's interesting that there's also spiritual laws that govern your relationship with God. In other words, there are spiritual truths that God set in motion. And that first one, and it's a wonderful one. These aren't laws that condemn us. God loves you, and he has, and He offers a wonderful plan for your life. Did you know that? That's pretty interesting. Well... As you look around, uh, you don't always see that. But let, let me let me just read a couple portions of scripture that 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 reinforce that. And when I say scripture, this is God's word. It's in the Bible. John chapter three verse sixteen. And you probably saw during a football game a guy standing in the end zone with a John John three sixteen. Yeah, I always remember. I always re- was wondering what what that all meant. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a Bible verse. As crazy as that guy looks, it is a Bible verse, and it's a good one. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, if you're my wife and you were sharing this, you would say, now, let's insert your name here. God so loved John that he gave his, only one, uh, he gave his one and only Son, that if John believes in him, he shall not perish but have eternal life. That's an option. Um, God's plan. So God loves us. We see that. He sent his only begotten son. But God's plan is, and, and Jesus said this. And so you could take it for what it's worth from Jesus. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant life, that it would be a full and meaningful life. But as I look around, I don't see people living a full and meaningful life. Why do you think that is? And let them answer. I mean, and I get answers like, well, I don't know, people are greedy. People are selfish. It's all politics. It's all about money. Whoever has the most money, like, they'll, they'll give me answers. And genuinely, whatever they're sharing is, is probably accurate. Um, it's not the answer, and that doesn't matter. It's any answer. I said, thank you for that. I think you're right. And I think the Bible agrees with what you just said. There are a lot of selfish people. Law number two, man is sinful and separated from God. I'm a little behind here, I see. Man is sinful and separated from God, therefore he cannot know and experience God's love and plan for his life. So man is sinful. Would you mind reading that that one part right there where it says Romans 3.23, right above there, all? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Thank you. So all is all. You know, The truth be told, all of us are sinners, right? We're all in the same boat. Some people think they're better than other people, but that's not true. All of us are sinners. Man was created to have fellowship with God, but because of his own stubborn self-will, he chose to go his own independent way, and fellowship with God was broken. This self-will, characterized by an attitude of active rebellion, that's things that we do on purpose that are wrong, or passive indifference, those are things that we're supposed to be doing that we didn't even know we were supposed to be doing. That the, All those things are evidence of what the Bible calls sin. And so those things that we do that displease God, that's all sin. And I don't know about you where it said all. 
<laughs> that includes me. I'm not perfect. And that person usually says, well, I'm not perfect either. Well, that's, that's part of the sin nature. That's part of all of us. If you turn the page there. Well, and so because of our sin, we're like, we are separated from God. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now, a wage is something you earn, right? It's, it's, it's what we earn from our sin. It separates us from God. That's, in other words, if the wages of sin is death, if we died every time we sin, I wouldn't be standing here presenting this gospel to you. I'd be dead already. And so it must mean something different. There's this separation between us and God. It's a spiritual death that we suffer. And so when you look at this diagram, you see up top there, there's a holy God, and then there's sinful man down below. This, this diagram illustrates that God is holy, he's perfect, and man is sinful. You see in between there's this great gulf that separates us. And so the arrows illustrate man trying to reach God in his own efforts. And, and mankind over the years has tried to do this, uh, trying to live a good life, trying to use philosophy to reach God, trying to uh, do good deeds or, or uh, express himself in some kind of religion. What do you notice about all of the arrows? Are any of them reaching God? No, they all kind of fall short. Yes, that's exactly right. They all fall short and all of our efforts. I mean, some people might be better jumpers than others. And if you leap up and try to touch the clouds, I don't care how good of a jumper is, you're not going to be able to reach it. And God is so far above us as perfect. We can try everything to, to reach him, jump as hard as we can, even use a trampoline. And we're not going to reach a holy God. And so all of our efforts fall short. And so that's a, that's a problem. But there's an answer to that problem. And this is the good news, law three. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and plan for your life. See, there is a way for us to know the love of God and the plan for his life. And that's this. Did you know that God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? That's what the Bible calls grace. We were sinners, we were his enemies, but he died for us. That would be like you bringing your trash over to your neighbor's porch and throwing it on your neighbor's porch. The next day they wake up, they clean up the trash, and they bring you a fresh-baked cookies. And they just say, we just want you to know you love us. We, we love you because uh, apparently you need love. <laughs> but that's grace, Right? Not just getting back what you deserve, because what we deserve is so bad because we sinned against God, but he sent his son when we were his enemies to die for us. I just find that remarkable, and that's amazing. I'm sure you do too. Well, well, Jesus didn't only die for our sins, he rose from the dead. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 6. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, he raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he appears to Peter, then to 12, and then over 500 people. That's a pretty great testimony of his resurrection, isn't it? And so he is the only way to God. 
And that's not me saying it. It's not just because I'm a Christian, but Jesus is the one who said this. Look at, look at this next uh, verse in Scripture. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And that's what Jesus said. Now look at this, this, this diagram now. It's not man reaching up to God. What is it? It looks like it's God reaching down to man. Wow. And he did this by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. And if you look at this, you can see that that cross is, is joining man to God. It's through Jesus. And so this diagram illustrates that God has bridged the gulf that separates us from him by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in our place, to pay the penalty for our sins. And that's how you have a personal relationship with, with, with the Lord, by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, just knowing those first three points, just having like an academic knowledge of it or just an intellectual knowledge, that's, that's not enough. This final law is so important. Because there, there comes a time when you have to individually receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Then you can know and experience God's love and plan for your life. And so, when I say receive Him, in John chapter 1, verse 12, God's Word says, As many as receive Him, or many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. And so receiving Jesus means to, to believe in him, believe in his name. We receive Christ through faith. And when I say receive, I'm talking about believing in Christ. And we do that through faith, through believing what God said is true. By grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift from God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. And so you see, grace is just God giving us a gift and we're not earning it, because if we earn it, then it would be a paycheck. It would be something that we earned. It would be something we did work for. But here we see that it's a gift from God. And God wants to give you the gift of his son, Jesus. And we received Christ when we receive Christ, we experience new birth. I'm not going to get into that right at the moment, but we receive Christ through faith. Uh, we receive Christ through personal invitation. You know, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. You know, when somebody's knocking at your door, this probably three or four things you can do. I, I can think of three off the, off the top of my head. One is you can ignore it, right? You could tell the person to get out of here. I don't care. I don't want what you're selling. Or you can invite them in. And here today, Christ is knocking at the door of your heart, and he's asking, can he come in? Will you receive him? And so receiving Christ involve, involves turning to God from yourself and from your sin. That's repentance. And trusting Christ to come into your life and forgive your sins and to make you who he wants you to be. 
And so all that I shared with you right now, just to agree intellectually that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross for our sins, that's not enough. Nor is it enough to have some sort of crazy emotional experience. We receive Jesus Christ by faith. It's an act of our will. And so just in closing, I just want to share with you these two circles here, and they represent two kinds of life. There's a, there's a circle on the left and a circle on the right. The circle on the left, that little S stands for self, and that self is on the throne of that person's life. On the little chair, that's a throne. They're calling all the shots, and all of the interests that they have and all of the activities they're involved in are those little dots. And you can see it's kind of all mismatched and disordered. And where is Christ? Well, Christ is that little cross, and Christ is on the outside of that person's life. That's, that's a person who hasn't invited Christ into their life. On the right side, you see that that person has, is in submission. They have allowed Jesus to be on the throne of their life. And you see all the interests are in somewhat of a priority and order. Now, I, I don't want to be confused in this, the person on the right who is a believer and invited Christ into their life, that doesn't mean that their life is a bowl of cherries. They still go through all the difficulties. They still go through all the challenges, but it's but God is with them, and Jesus is with them through some of the darkest times that can be in their life. If you were to look at these two circles right now and just being completely honest, which circle would you say best represents your life. Ah, that's a no-brainer. That's the one on the left. Okay. Which one would you like to represent your life? Oh, if he would have me, I would probably like to be the one on the right. That is great. That is great. Because it, it, it's not impossible. <laughs> In fact, you can receive Christ right now by faith through prayer. And it's, and it's really not special words that you say. It's really an attitude of your heart. You, it's a faith decision. And so there's no pressure. I'm not pressuring you at all to make a decision right at the moment if you're not ready. However, if you are ready and you understand what I just shared and you want to make a decision for Christ, This would I would not delay. I would give my life to Christ. God knows your heart. He's not so concerned with your words as he is with the attitude of your heart. And so here's a prayer. And again, this really has to reflect an attitude in your heart. Is, is this really what you believe? I'm going to go ahead and read that once. And, and if it resonates with you, and if it's something that you want uh, to pray along with me when I read through a second time, perhaps it is. But let me go ahead and read it first. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Lord, thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Now, when I read through that, did, 
did it resonate with you? Is this a desire of your heart? I really think it does. Well, why don't we pray together? And I'll pray the prayer, but make it your own words and your heart and mind. Okay. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. So did you pray that prayer? Oh, that's great. You did? You know, it's the, the wonderful thing that I love about this is that you know the portion of Scripture that, I, that we looked at that said that if you place your faith, you become a child of God. Well, you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and now you're a child of God. If you're a child of God and I'm a child of God, what does that make us? Right. Siblings. We're, and if it's a woman, I would say a brother and sister. If it's a, if it's a guy, you know, we're brothers. And this is wonderful. Uh, when I shared with John Landis, tears just filled his eyes. He said, I can't believe it. We're brothers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, really touched my heart and touched his heart. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to celebrate that. Now, over the years, we've, we've talked about sharing Christ at, at the church here. I've never really gone through systematically like I, like, like I have. There's a purpose why I'm doing that, and that is because the gospel needs to be in your hands. Whether it's this booklet, or you just share from the heart, or you use the napkin at the restaurant, or you use the bridge to life, or how to have peace with God, or any of the other tracks that are out there, it doesn't matter to me, but we got to be a, a, a church that is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to communicate this to others, uh, individuals. And if someone comes to Christ and you just kind of want, you want to follow them up because, you know, like it talks about that, that seed being spread to those different soils. Well, we want to, we want to encourage that person in Christ. And so there are some follow-up materials. This book rack will, will be in my office and we'll just keep refilling it. Last night, we only had 12 people here, which is kind of rivaling with us today, but um, <laughs> but they came up, and they were like stripping this thing, and I had these packets full of all this stuff with the leader's guide, and they took the packets, and they're gone. Pastor Jim was here. We were just like, they were like, oh, my cousin, my neighbor, and I was like, okay, um, but we'll get more, and this would be great if we keep emptying this, but there's a leader's guide. There's uh, this first... Um, follow-up piece of material called confidence used to be called assurance um and it's just for that person to know because you know you you get a week into this and you're like i'm sinning again maybe i'm not a christian maybe jesus left and you can remind them no jesus doesn't leave it's like this you know uh you might let go of his hand he never lets go of yours and you can just assure them that hey uh, if you've accepted christ if you put your faith in him he ain't going anywhere um and then there's acceptance, which has to do with forgiveness. Um, 
empowerment, which has to do with the Holy Spirit, because you begin to walk and you try to live the, the Christian life, and you're not going too far without the power of the Holy Spirit. He empowers us. And development has to do with encouraging them to grow in Christ. Um, be part of a, of a small group. Experience spiritual transformation. See, see what God has for you. And so you can use any one of these. And here's a couple leaders' guides left. And again, if you uh, take any of those today, that'd be great. Just take them and we'll order more and I'll, we'll have that available. Uh, my office is always open. Just walk right in there and take what you, take what you need that way. Now, there are people listening online and there are uh, individuals here today, and I shared the gospel, and the gospel is great power. And because I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, I also want to give the opportunity for anyone that was in earshot of this that may want to give their life to Christ today. You, you say, well, maybe this is the best understanding that you've had of the gospel. And so if you're here today, let's go ahead and bow our heads. If you're here today and you would like to accept um, that gift of salvation, um, would you pray this prayer with me in your heart? Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Yes, Lord, I open the door of my life and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. And if you prayed that, can you just lift your hand and put it back down again that I might see and pray for you? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, your word is powerful. Thank you for these ones, even today, who gave their life to you. And Lord, for those who are listening online, I pray that they would stop. Go before you. And, and receive what you have for them, salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you that now you didn't stay dead. You rose from the dead and you give us power to live. Lord, may we be those individuals who have beautiful feet and carry this message to the world. In Jesus' name. Amen.